There we go. Ready? <laughs> That's right. Don't drive on Hell Road when you're in Delaware, because there could be there could be uh, there could be some black magic. There could be some witches. Which is hello, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And even all ghost houses. Yeah, so no matter which ghost house that you ended up in, we will be there. <laughs> Keep your company and bop heads with you. Um, That's how we do. There we go. I had you a little loud there, Pernell. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Today... And today has been a strange day for the both of us. Yeah, we had, we had some, so we had many some, ways. We had some spooky uh, technical issues at the beginning of the stream. I, I apologize. I should have had that. I should have had that ironed out ahead of time. But I honestly just didn't do it. So, um, but that's okay. Um, that's Cornell okay. is a black magic giant. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really good rock song. Like a name for like a... a He's a, a black song. magic giant. He's yeah. casting happy magical spirits. That's pretty good. That's right. And I also sound like that guy from uh from Ricky and Stone Temple Pilots. There it is. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's your same voice. <laughs> it's just me, but I'm now Stone Temple Pilots man. Um anyway, every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. If it sounds good, we are gonna play it. And once a month we do a live streamed recording um, of our episode for our Patreon members, and that is this week's episode. So we are looking again at the genre of horror and just get this out the way for all the patrons in the group if you have thoughts on what a topic could be for next month while we're talking feel free to dump them in the chat because we may well be able to just come up with it while we're talking today yeah. um so it gives you a full month but uh yeah horror as far as it goes like last week when we did horror i think rob played it played it to the letter <laughs> and i got a little dopey with it um oh to the but, letter but, yeah, you were yeah. just a letter. Your horror was horror. My <laughs> horror was, this is a happy-go-lucky track, but it's because I ate too many bran muffins one day and got sick. Uh, <laughs> so that was a horror. Um, but as a result, I guess it kind of also sets a precedence to like what we were thinking about with the patrons choosing horror tracks, too. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, it could be whatever means horror to you. It could be genuine horror. It could be, like, storytime horror. It could be, it was horror because this boss beat me against the wall 15 times. Whatever floats your boat, your haunted boat. Yeah, if you, um, yeah. go with it. Whatever, if it's like uh, uh, something scary in the game or something scary outside of the game, that's kind of what we were asking for. I know that a lot of um, scary music can be very atmospheric and not the most exciting to listen to. So that's uh, that's kind of what we're what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and we were also talking about a uh, we're going to call it the Hellmouth outside of Purnell's house in which demons <laughs> are congregating and talking about just trying to steal Purnell's game collection or maybe maybe his uh, his garbage pail kid card collection. <laughs> Satan wants a turbo duo. Yeah, Satan wants a turbo. That's the name of the, of the episode. Satan wants a turbo duo. And oh, right, that, can't oh, find, like we can't that. find one cheap anywhere else. And so he's going into the Hellmouth <laughs> in Wilmington, <laughs> Delaware. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, yes, I forgot. I, I told that story otherwise. I was about to say otherwise. I have to talk about Bomberman now, but Chris Steenerson brought it up. I was like, shoot. Well, oh, that's right. So oh. uh, Bedroth asked in our chat, 
um, that shoot Kapow wanted to know how did you become so good at Bomberman? Oh! Like, really? I don't know! I literally just did one day. That Magical Drop 3 are my games that I typically consider to be mm-hmm. my natural skill games. Like, I didn't practice them. I didn't try them. Oh, I tried them, obviously, but I didn't practice them. I didn't develop any sort of strategies. I just started playing them and was good. Like, there was... And, and actually, Mike Mars you is in the how, chat. He can vouch for this statement. You know I have never been bad at Magical Drop 3, the ever. The opposite of satisfying that answer is... <laughs> it is. It's the truth. It's the worst I, answer. You know, well, uh, I got. I was just really I, good at it. It's. I. Hey, I've played games where I legitimately had to practice and beat my head against the wall to get good. I uh, acknowledge that. Yeah. But those two <laughs> games, I seriously like. Magical Drop is the best way to explain it because with Magical Drop Three, I was in college and I was at an anime club. And they were playing a bunch of import video games. This was my first exposure to import gaming. Was at this group. And a group of people were playing Magical Drop 3 on the Saturn. And it looked really cool to me. It was very fast-paced and active. And I just enjoyed watching these guys play this game. And I was like, how does this game work? And the person's like, oh, the bubbles fall down. You grab them and you throw them back up. And basically, again, there's a simple concept. It's just the execution as a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So after a couple of matches, like, hey, can I try too? And they got guy goes, sure, here, take the controller. I went undefeated. I legitimately went undefeated. Guy comes up and goes, how are you letting this scrub beat you guys? He's never even played the game before. I beat him too. <laughs> it, it just was a natural skill. Bomberman, I smote him. Um, Bomberman, the first Bomberman I got into was, it was either, it's hard to, I can't remember if it was Bomberman 93 or Super Bomberman 2. But uh, with those games, same logic, you know, got it in the house, you know, I played with family members and some local neighborhood friends. You realize and again, how much I would just speak an anomaly that is where it's like being good in within your group and your friend group and your family group to being good outside of that doesn't always translate. Oh, I agree. That would be me and Smash Brothers. I'm horrendous yeah. at Smash no, Brothers, I'm, but with my yeah. friends, I was great back in the day. Now, I'm going to be honest. I was never good at Bomberman. Like I know, like I'm. I think I think everyone can relate to having a specific game or a specific type of puzzle that your brain just naturally um, picks up quickly. And yeah. Bomberman is one of those games that I just can't do. Um, a Devil Dice, or it's called Bombastic. Yeah, that would be a good example. Yeah, I feel I like Bombastic, what... I was good at that from January so to start too. That is a game where you're rolling dice around a screen to match them up so that when you flip them onto its top side, it matches up to the other ones in specific sequences and that to me like that's just too much for my myself to handle because i never think about dice in that way um but that's just that's just a little too much but how about this we will get started with some awesome music with some also some testimonials written by the people who suggested some of these tracks so our first track i'm going to pick this one from bedroth um because he also uh was very active in the chat room just now so uh this is the track from the game uh terraria and the track is called Corruption, and it is composed by Scott Lloyd Shelley.
listening to Corruption from the game Terraria, composed by Scott Lloyd Shelley. Uh, Bedroth put a little side note in his email saying um, that he wasn't sure he's heard it pronounced Terraria and Terraria. But I, I think, think it, Terraria because of Terrarium. That's what I'm going to say. I've heard the word Terrarium uh, used as like kind of like a small... Um, uh, 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 like an aquarium for something that isn't a fish. Like a reptile or something like that, right? There's also another video game called Void Terrarium where it's the same concept. You're raising a human in a glass jar. Oh, that's interesting. I like that idea. (laughs) It's really good, actually. Uh, I love it. Well, Bedroth says um, in in his uh, email, uh, my sons and I played the heck out out of the 3DS version of this game, and Shukapau has also spent a lot of time with the PC version, which is much more robust. For those who don't know, Terraria is a side scrolling adventure, crafting, exploration, survival game. It doesn't have much of a plot, but the characters and the enemies in the world itself have a lot of charm, and if you investigate online, the game is surprisingly lore-heavy. It's definitely much more than the people who dismiss it as a 2D Minecraft wannabe or, or wannabe make it out to be. Uh, there are several creepy tunes in this game, but this one stuck out to me for some reason. I like the cool synthy melody that somehow fits perfectly with the overall creepy vibe. Uh, the corruption itself is a biome that is created of all the evil thoughts and tendencies of Terraria's inhabitants. One of the main goals of the game is to keep the corruption from spreading into the other biomes. And as a side note, in half of the randomly generated worlds, the corruption is replaced by the crimson. I don't have time to get into the differences here, but it's worth checking out. This is the music that plays in the overworld when you're in a corruption biome. Um, I, th- I like this. This reminds me a bit of... There was a there was a part of there's a time in the '90s um, where you would go to a Sam Goody, you know, like like a music oh, store. I remember that store. And and you could buy CDs and tapes of scary sounds to play like at a haunted house or at a Halloween party of like screams and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I love that kind of stuff. The the in the '90s, especially in the late '90s, they started selling. Um, like it was like scary sounds, but like set to rave music, and so it was kind of like it was kind of scary, kind of uh, techno-y sounds like this, but with also with like screams and, and blood curdles type scraping and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that, and, and I remember hearing that uh, for the first time and being like, "Oh, I'm into this. <laughs> I think I like this like legitimately." The funny part is like I just mm-hmm. kind of get this like nice like like a vibe of you walking through like a cave that isn't quite scary or dark it's kind of like happy-go-lucky yet also in need mm-hmm. of a serious candle <laughs> boop, 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 boop. yeah water's it, dripping from the ceiling boop, I, boop, boop. I think it has to do with uh terraria being overall a chill style game but with really dangerous elements still you know because a survival thing is, is in play you know it's like minecraft like minecraft's like fun and chill but there's still things out there trying to to kill you right mm-hmm delicious things trying to kill you um actually minecraft i <laughs> want to do more with actually because it's a game that has its scary moments when you mess around with creepers but even if you like decide to play around like when i was playing with my nephew back in the day 
Um, one thing I thought was really fun was trying to dig as far as deep as I could to build like a sort of like secret escape hatch tunnel and then oh. eventually decided to become like a club, like an underground clubhouse. <laughs> but you start to dig so far and if you screw up on digging an actual stairway to get back out, you're kind of stuck at the bottom of this giant pit. Isn't there like, like, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a gateway to like a hell world, like in the bottom too, I think. Or there's like somewhere hidden in the game. I think there's something like that. Really? Yeah. And, and I think this is becoming a weird, creepy theme of our show of having weird tunnels to hell outside of our homes. Yeah, well, there it is. I um, mean, it exists as, in as, Minecraft, as, maybe Terraria too. It's, it's the corruption. I'm thinking there's one thing I can at least take away from this craptastic situation in front of my house is the fact that I can at least say it was well-timed for Halloween. Yeah, right. <laughs> for this episode. At least it's there to scare everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't walk too close to it. <laughs> All right, so what's your first pick? Let me see what's popping off on my... You know what? I'm just going to go from the top. All right. Go and get that Solar Sanctuary pick. Which, for the record, congratulations on your pick getting shared, or your photo getting shared in Shin Megami Tensei Hell, because it was well-deserved and <laughs> wonderful. Um, and I was actually excited to see it, and I was like, I gotta share it in the group! I know who po I knew who drew that! Um, but anyway, this is from the game The House of the Dead. The track title is called The Magician, it's from the oh, arcade version, yep. and is composed by Tetsuya Kawauchi. I know this boss Kawauchi. very well. <laughs> I'm gonna suffer like G did. Welcome back. You're listening to The Magician from the House of the Dead. Um, <laughs> my best impression. Um, from the arcade game, composed by Tetsuya Kawauchi, and submitted by Solus Sanctuary, friend and listener of the show. Um, she came up with a solid testimonial. Let's get that bad boy spoken. So what did she say? So my pick for the Halloween episode would be this cool track from a really low-key fave series of mine. The House of the Dead. Why is it low-key, you ask? Well, I'm not too sure of that myself. I can say, however, that the House of the Dead is usually my go-to arcade game during my our days in college. House of the Dead 4 was pretty huge in the Philippines at this time when it was released worldwide, alongside a new Tekken title, henceforth, 
It was a big deal. Mm. Recently, however, I found myself digging up some actually neat lore about the franchise. Even though the franchise itself is pretty silly in nature, which is actually the best part. Let's be real, though. <laughs> Let's be real. Right now, I'm in love with Overkill. And honestly, Pernell ad addendum, I agree. It has like a pseudo Samuel L. Jackson in it. Who could not love it? Um, back to the testimonial. Because of the writing and dialogue. Despite how crude and super potty mouth the game is. Now I'm just hoping that the latest title, Scarlet Dawn, will be out worldwide soon. Hopefully as soon as the pandemic is over. As for the title suggestion, because of my songs, I was thinking you guys should try to listen to VGMs based on the Major Arcana. Write that down! <laughs> I'm sure you guys can be really creative with this one. I trust you guys are your amazing, ever amazing taste in VGMs. And yes, Pernell, I won't be surprised if you pick a song from the Persona series. Well, that's good, because I'm gonna. Just saying. Um... Also, I'm get, it's funny that I'm learning from her testimony that there's a new House of the Dead game on the horizon. Yeah, I didn't know about Scarlet Dawn. I don't, I don't think I ever played past the second one with any kind of frequency. Um, but no, the first one, was, I, I played a ton of. And the Magician is the final boss of the game. Incredibly difficult. Um, <laughs> I, all of these games are freaking hard. I only played the second and the third ones. I never played the first, believe it or not. There were a lot of, um, because it, it was a light gun game, especially the first one, and I think the second one too, was a light gun game in the very um, uh, traditional sense where it was capturing the light after the screen would flash on the screen itself, and you mm -hmm. can only reload um, by shooting away from the screen so that it wasn't capturing anything at all. So it was either capturing a hit, a miss, or a reload. So that what you would do <laughs> to reload faster is you would, you would shoot as quickly as you can and then put your hand over the front of the gun and then quickly fire again, and then you just keep doing it back and forth, back and forth. It was uh, it's kind of cheap. <laughs> I gotta say though, like, but it and I hope, Pilar, if you've never played Typing of the Dead, oh, you need to get on that train because so I like House of the Dead. Yeah, but Typing of the Dead was the epitome of that franchise. So yeah, so Typing of the Dead is like if Typing of Typing Tutor in a in a over violent like a super violent zombie shoot 'em up game had a baby, and which is so strange, but that was for the image for last week's episode. That was what I wanted to do was to have you and me with like Dreamcasts on our backs, with like little <laughs> keyboards in front of us. Uh, but I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out a, a clean way to do that with the images that I have because usually we were, we're together in the same room taking dumb photos of each other um, for the show. But uh, because of the pandemic, we I've just been picking out photos from your Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I can always go to like, drive over to the house and you just like take a photo of me like. Like tripping onto the pavement or something. I know, I mean, but I just, that I never, is possible. I, know, I never know when I'm like doing the editing. So it's just suddenly I'm like I'm here. I'm like I need a picture of Pernell standing in a really funky way. Uh, Fortunately, but, he has twenty thousand pictures on the internet. Yeah, I'll just pick one of those. <laughs> and Hope I you don't mind. It's from ten years ago. Hey, I'm fine with that. I, my face honestly hasn't changed because black don't crack, baby. <laughs> um, and I'm cool with that. Um, but the give you an understanding of like why you should play Typing of the Dead. So. Earlier I mentioned the Chainsaw Boss, and I think that's also my favorite boss in the entire game because, as we talked about earlier, Typing of the Dead is the idea, like, instead of firing bullets at enemies, you have to type words or letters to kill the enemies on the screen. Mm. But with the Chainsaw Chase Boss, what the game decided to do was make us that in order to hit to stop him from chasing you, they wrote like many short stories. That's right. That were very nonsensical and ridiculous. And you had to type the entire story before he caught up to you. 
<laughs> and then I would stop him. And then give you another one. It would be some of the dumbest stuff like, I went to the basement the other day to find my pet goldfish. But unfortunately, it turned out the pet goldfish wasn't down there. Until I found a rat. It was That's a right. magic rat. It's like all the rat like, ate the goldfish. It's all they like really throw you off. Like you're supposed to you think you're going to type one word and then it's going to be like, nope, it's goldfish. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is ridiculous. A guy loved it. Really good. And then the final boss can literally go to hell. Yeah, it's bad. It's oof. bad. It's hard. Um, all right. So my, our next track is going to come from uh, Matt's Holmquist. And this is the Sky Palace from Kid Icarus for the NES. And if I'm right, I believe it's composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. there all right that that part right there's the scary part (laughs) (laughs) no scary part about the track you're listening to sky palace from kid icarus composed by hirokazu tanaka for the nes which to me it sounds like he was right next to uh, koji kondo who was composing for legend of zelda this has got a very similar kind of a a, a rhythm to it but that was uh, picked by matt's holmquist and he says when i saw the word the word horror i immediately came to think about kid icarus for some reason, I got hold of the code Danger, Terror, Horror, which makes you fully upgraded to the last level of the game, and killing Medusa is way too easy. So I want to suggest this lovely tune. There's also the code Duvans Mamor Komor Borat, which means, which actually is Swedish and translates roughly to The Pigeon's Mother is Coming Away. So, and that's from our Swedish listener, Mats Holmqvist. <laughs> it gives me an interesting feeling, though. It makes you think about the fact that, um, those like worded passwords were truly different between mm-hmm. countries. Like it may not necessarily always been Justin Bailey. I, I guess Justin Bailey would have been because that was a specific reference. But uh, maybe like, that's true. There were European releases and North American releases, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe the European releases had worded passwords that were suited to them. Because we did have a password that was the pigeon's mother is coming away, right? No, no we, I'm pretty sure we did not. <laughs> no, I don't I've actually never played um, Kid Icarus. A lot of the classic like uh, original NES titles, I've never really gotten around to playing. Kid Icarus, I've played both of them. The both the original. Well, I guess there's three now, but I played the original and I played the Game Boy one. Loved them both. Um, though I can honestly see bits of horror in the game itself, like this track itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sky Palace, I think, is pretty cool. But I think when you get to the end to fight Medusa at the time, that was a fairly surprisingly horrible looking boss. Like it was a giant eyeball with snakes sticking out of a wall. Oh wow. Like it wasn't like a woman, like a snake woman slithering around firing arrows at you. It was just giant eyeball wall. Um, but even aside from that, I genuinely feel like some of the palace stages, which was the fourth stage of every world in the game, mm-hmm. um, had their own levels of bits of horror to them in that sense, because you were exploring a dungeon, um, that had like a pretty creepy tune that would play over it. And of course, there was Eggplant Wizard, who was a complete jerk. 
like a friggin' jerk. He would uh, wasn't he hit in, you? Uh, wasn't he in that uh, cartoon? He was in Captain N. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was a lot less menacing there, but in, in Kid Icarus the game, he was pretty menacing because when he hit you with that eggplant, you became an eggplant man, or to be more specific, your head did. Okay. Your body was normal. You couldn't fire arrows. You were completely defenseless, but you could still climb ladders, which is pretty handy. Um, but it just. It was a terrifying thing to get hit with the eggplant because you're stuck running around, waiting for it to wear off mm -hmm. in a place where you might not know where the hot spring is. It was a pretty frustrating thing, which in a turn I think makes good horror in a game, especially oh. during that era. Um, but I will say, if you haven't played Myths and Monsters, it looks like Bedroth has, thankfully. But if you've never played Myths and Monsters, I do agree with Bedroth when he says it's a lot more accessible. Mm -hmm. It was a much easier game. But I also think that the final stage was cooler. Um, because in Kid Icarus, the final stage was a flight, like sort of like a side-scrolling side shooter. Like you were flying and firing arrows from the sacred bow. Hmm. But in Kid Icarus, Mist and Monsters, it was like a platformer still. But you had all this gear on that made you a little bit more powerful. And the final boss was like a weird like gargoyle demon. But... <laughs> It was a lot of fun. And also, I love the music in the final stage. I think I've played it on the show before. Even. I think we have, yeah. The, the music to Kid Icarus is it's short, but like there's always like a little second movement like after a couple loops of the, of the of the tunes. And so it gives it just enough um, interest to really give you a lot of like replayability like throughout the throughout the track, which I think is really cool. And also unique for, for an older, older NES game. This came out in 1980-something. It came out when they were still labeling games adventure series. Yeah, the adventure series. Um, okay, also, so Chris Dearson, we got to mention this because I didn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. He mentioned the Reapers, which should have been said on an episode themed around horror. Their music was goofy and goofy, yet the actual thing that they did was completely frustrating mm -hmm. and terrifying when they chased after you on a level. So, but uh, I digress. Right. Let's move forward. All right, so um, I think we're on to uh, your next track. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the funny part is, I was going to pick one of Cam Leonard's tracks. Mm -hmm. Most particularly, I'm going to say what it is, even though I'm not picking it for the episode. It was going to be the subgate of Clouser Woods from Mega Man Legends. However, the testimonial that he wrote for another track is why it totally beat it out. Because I love the testimonial and I want to read it. So, there we go. This track is Nosk from the game Hollow Knight, mm -hmm. composed by Christopher Larkin, and it was submitted by listener Cam Leonard.
<laughs> Welcome back. Okay, I'm ready for you. <laughs> okay, and this time for all the zest and vinegar, this is Nosk from the game Hollow Knight, composed by Christopher Larkin and submitted by listener Cam Leonard. So, let's do it up. Let's read this spectacular description that he provided for us. Saw this month's listener suggestion theme and wanted to throw some ideas in the hat. Horror is one of my favorite genres of video games, especially those which use the medium to its fullest extent to tell the story. Not only through creepy aesthetics like art and music, but gameplay as well. Nice. I am also awful at playing <laughs> them, as I will panic at the first sign of danger and wind up psyching myself out so badly that I never play it again. That being said, due to my cowardice, I have some horror-inspired tracks from non-horror games that I want to suggest. Nosk from the game Hollow Knight. I'm going to suggest a song from this game every month until you play it, gosh darn it. Well, ta-da! We're playing it. Um, this is absolutely the most terrifying boss in the entire game. It's in the scariest zone. The design is horrifying. Even the approach and introduction of this monstrosity is terrifying, with the creature mimicking the night as you wander through this spider-infested zone of nightmares until you run into him, and he explodes into a skittering, jittery beast. I'll be real, guys, and say, when we first encountered this dude, my girlfriend and I jumped, and I'm man enough to admit that I screamed and almost threw the controller. I'm not the best with horror. <laughs> I love that. funny. That, I, like I was that. like, yeah, I'm picking that. That's a good testimonial. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. And honestly, there's something to be said about games that legitimately make you feel uneasy. Like, there are tons of games that like throw like jump scares at you here and there. It's like, oh look a monster. Man. It's another to actually have you play the game, you know it's not real. You know nothing can hurt you, and yet you still find yourself so involved and so absorbed in the experience that you legitimately freak out by stuff when it happens in the game. It's a fantastic and yet also horrible feeling. And that's what makes it great. Like Silent Hill used to do that for me like oh, in yeah, the earlier me too, ones. Yeah. Make you so uneasy. So uneasy. Even though you're looking at the game, it's clearly the graphics are not that great. So mm -hmm. it's not like you're like in the middle of it, but you still feel connected to Harry Mason or James Sunderland mm -hmm. enough to be like, shoot! Well, <laughs> 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 like, go to the control of the screen. Or in worst case, like Silent Hill, the room where you're walking around and then suddenly Walter, you know, freaking Walter shows up and starts laughing and firing dual pistols at you. Freaks you the heck out. But. Silent Hill, man, horror games, people who are like, who say, I'm not good with them, I'm too afraid, I gotta tell you, that just makes it more, that makes it even better for you to play them, because the more scared you are, the better they can do their job. <laughs> That's what makes them so fun. Yeah, having um, uh, interactive media, like a, a movie, movie can scare you, but like, when you're controlling it, and you feel like you're in that space, and you're you're and the, and the stakes are so much higher because you you know you're you're it's your fault you know it's your problem. Um, and there's a little yeah. bit extra there to mm -hmm. it too. Let's say for example you're watching a movie with three friends, right? And the protagonist opens the door and the dude with the chainsaws. Everybody's like, "Run! Go to the door!" And everybody's yelling at the guy. He doesn't make it. He gets chainsawed in the back. But what happens when it's you and three friends playing Resident Evil? Three, and you're the guy playing the game <laughs> when the guy bursts the door and he's trying to beat you down. Everyone's like, run, run. You're like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't oh, know where yeah. I'm going. Uh, you're like uh, running the, in circles. Ne uh, Nemesis from Resident Evil 3? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 was pretty that was pretty spooky. That thing would just pop hey. up out of nowhere, man. And when he dies, you're like, well, I'm screwed. Time to run. When, um, uh, <laughs> you know where to go. I played the Silent Hill: The Room, and there's like a you're 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 trapped in your apartment, and for that section of the game, it's from a first person perspective, and you're trying to like there's a whole thing of like keeping ghosts away from your apartment, but you can go and look out the peephole of your front door, and every once in a while. Like it's just always empty. It's always empty. It's always empty. Then suddenly, like the the main bad guys staring at you in the face, and it's just like yep. it is terrifying. He's just breathing. Walter Sullivan. Walter, yeah, Sullivan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's like nothing's really happening. It's just it's like you initiated the jump scare. You know, it's so much. It's so much worse than the jump scare happening to you. It's like you clicked the button. You you had no idea it was going to happen. You triggered it. Was it just and that's there. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's move on to something even more terrifying this comes from chris steenerson and he suggested stage b the dracula battle from super castlevania 4 for the super nintendo composed by masanori adachi and taro kudo
So this is a uh, this is the Dracula battle into Dracula's death. Dracula is dying. He's dying. He's dying. Until the sequel. And <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Until later, when he comes back somehow. That song is a journey. This was um, stage B, the Dracula battle, and then Dracula's death from Super Castlevania Four for the Super Nintendo, composed by Masanori Adachi and Taro Kudo. And uh, Chris Anderson says, maybe a little obvious in terms of horror video game properties, but here's a Super Castlevania 4 track anyway. I finally played through all of the game a year or so ago and was really surprised by the final boss music. Instead of being crazy and intense, it was atmospheric and moody. It gave the battle a tone that I don't think I've ever encountered in another game's final battle. It made it feel like, however, the battle played out, uh, it made it feel like, however, the battle played out, there were going to be some serious ramifications. And I like that. I, I like that the battle was probably really intense and fast, but the music was just really spooky. I honestly kind of wonder if his mentioning of he played it, like when he played it was with us, because I know I played it for the first time like a year or two ago, and it was through Rhythm and Pixels Game of the Month. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I thought I got that it came up. I, I played through maybe about the first half of the game, uh, to be honest. I'm not good. At video games, and this is a long one. It's a, it's, honestly, it's hard. I honestly believe that thing Super Castlevania Four was pretty tough too. Though I'll admit, the multi-directional whip did add a bit of ease to the gameplay in, in general. Oh yeah, they decide to balance it out by just making a lot of scenarios harder, especially compared to um, like the other Castlevanias, where like it's just the one whip going in one direction, and it's just you know you hit it, you hit it, or you got to recover, and you're going to get hit by a zombie dog. <laughs> but they do balance because if I remember correctly, you I'm, and I guess Chris can correct me if he remembers, but I don't think they made you commit to jumps in four. Um, no, I think you're right though. I think there was a little bit more play in the jumping, and that may that might have also been uh, Bloodlines from the Genesis. Also, that game is brutal, but it has some of the best level designs in the series. Oh, and some it's of my very favorite creative music stuff. Too. Yeah, the last stage. I think I played that on the show before too. The last stage is a gem. So you're like going up into like the background of the foreground. I think at one point you're upside down. Yeah, it's the, just good. It's the the the, the backgrounds, the, the artwork, and the lore of all the classic uh, Castlevania games. I find really actually super intriguing. You know, um, I do I do want them to make one in the future though, where Dracula is resurrecting. He's like, why does this keep happening? I want to stay dead. You play as Dracula, and it's kind of like a, a tactical game where you're 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 putting uh, uh, zombies and bats in the in the way of the Belmont family trying to come get you, and it plays Wait, over it plays over generations. You're dead eventually. At the end of the game, you're trying to kill yourself. Like I just don't want this anymore. Yeah, it's don't like want this. every level is another hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> Futuristic Dracula's like yeah. cyborgs and it's like what the heck's going on? And you wake up and you're like, asleep. why am I back in Castle? <laughs> <laughs> with the complete slowdown there yeah because like, nice. i feel like certain things like that they deserve a tongue-in-cheek impression because oh, yeah. again quite frankly the idea of dracula being resurrected constantly at, i'm sure as dracula it starts out seeming pretty awesome like you might defeated me but i'll be back eventually he's like i'm just tired of this <laughs> There's i'm a- tired of humanity i'm tired of fighting the same family why do they keep following me there's some there's, there's some like meta kind of callbacks to the original series within um a bloodstained but not not so much of you know of humor in that way i think that would have been really good 
I would have been on checking that. Honestly, oh. Bloodstain, I need to play Moro, but I stopped with that stupid tower. Oh, yeah, the, the, the scrolly tower that spins around? Yeah, it was at the time, it was like slowing down like a to a to a halt to yeah. the point where I was like I just, it was frustrating so I was like oh, okay that, that, was, that, no, that was a bug that was fixed I am at the end game where I can choose to either do the optional last two bosses or do the final final boss and I have decided that I won't <laughs> <laughs> oh come on you played so far just grind or no, something no way no I'm not I'm done grinding I, I like I feel like I got my gist you know I got my full of that title I played a lot of it Chris Peterson just made a comment that just clicked for me. It didn't even make sense until now. So Chris Peterson goes, this castle is so hard to clean every time. But then if you've played um, <laughs> the later castle, is Dawn of Sorrow and Aria of Sorrow, mm-hmm. they actually introduce a maid enemy. Oh, oh, <laughs> I the, wonder oh, the, if that's why they're there. <laughs> the maid actually goes around and cleans up all of like the dead zombies. and Or not the dead zombies, but like the... <laughs> they keep the castle clean while Dracula's there, while he's still gone. And when he comes back, yeah, we, we cleaned it just like you asked, Dracula. Thanks, yeah. girls. That's Here's true. some money. Go to the, the tail. The rooms are falling apart and the chandeliers are coming down, but everything is very clean. The candles are lit. You know, it's... That's right. Thank Persephone. She did it. <laughs> she did it. I'm sorry. What's your final track for the evening? (laughs) So what will my final track be? It could be anything. It could even be a track. You? Um, But instead, I'm going to go with this slammer of a banger from our friend Hummer. Um, This is from the game Battle Golfer Yui. And the track title is called Mad Professor. I love that this is like a horror horror themed episode. (laughs) I know. Um, Composed by Nakachan Three-Sai, Kentakun Yada, Maruchan Wa Omota, and Masayuki Naga. Now, clearly, we have some uh, some aliases going on in there. I, I didn't look up their original, like their their actual names, because I really like their aliases. Nakachun Three-Sai. They're <laughs> <laughs> fun to read too. They sound like a fun like uh, Japanese boy band, you know. Nakachun Three-Sai.
Welcome back. You are listening to the Mad Professor, theme from the game Battle Golfer Yui for the Sega Genesis, submitted by our buddy Hamerk and composed by Nakachan Trisai, Kintakun Yada, Maruchan Wa Omota, and Masayuki Nagao. So, what the heck is the deal with ba- I tell you, I think there's been a couple episodes where we've had Battle Golfer Yui tracks on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's got me to the point where I actually want to play it. And I need to know what makes it battle golfing. Is it just golfing or is there a battle taking place like hit points based on getting hole-in-ones and stuff like that? Like, do they throw a spin on the golfing element to make it more of a fight? You know, I, but, I, um, that's a really good question. I don't know. Because <laughs> I want to know now. But, um, so, Bunny Days, probably in the near future, especially if it's on, like, it's on Genesis, I can play it on, like, a freaking, like, retro pod. I'll find it. But what did he have to say? This would be a shorter, um, scenario, but I'm gonna still describe it as he put it. He says, it starts out very ominous, and then gets a little funky. Because mad scientists know when it's time to work, and when it's time to play. <laughs> mad scientists play hard. What? <laughs> That's what Hammock said. I mean, that, hey. that is the most hammock thing I've ever re- I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I was like, hey, I can appreciate that magic. I gotta tell you, this is my favorite track of the evening. It's oh, this one? This one. I yeah. think it's a fitting one. It's good. It's really, really good. It's just like it's just it's. I mean, as far as like the funky, like the funkiness of the Terraria, ter- I'm sorry, Terraria track. Like this one is. This one's got it. This one's got it all, man. I like it a lot. Oh. <laughs> it's got some funky so, slap bass. What's your second favorite track? Uh, my second favorite track is going to be the, the Dracula track. Yeah. Right. What's What's been your favorite so far? Honestly, mm-hmm. I think I'm still kind of in the level. Of, I like this Mad Professor one also. But in addition to that, I'm a big fan of that Magician track. That was really good. Yeah, that was very classic like Nintendo-y too. Yes. I'm sorry, uh, Sega Arcade. I was looking at the Kid Icarus track. <laughs> In fact, that was the part that sold me. I was like, I gotta take this track. The guitar. Show. This sounds really good. The guitar mm-hmm. did it for you. I knew the guitar would do it for you. It has to. <laughs> I'm a guitar guy. You know, whether, it's, whether it's metal or shoegaze mm-hmm. or a little bit of maybe not country. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, if there's a guitar, I'm in it. There is a um, uh, so there's a there's an artist called uh, Skatoon Network, and I think we played some of his music on our show. He does a lot of Skatoon's great. Yeah, he does some some vid game covers, does some other other pop music covers too. And he recently did a um, a, a, a cover of Superman by oh my gosh, want to be your Superman by the pop punk group um, Goldfinger. Uh, thank you. Jeez, I couldn't think of the name. Um, but it's done every like every few lines. It turns into a different style of music, and one of the styles is shoegaze, and it's the best one. It is so good. I wouldn't mind checking that out. Then that sounds like my up my alley. Um, Maybe it, I will at some point. Yeah, but it covers like everything from like jazz to hip hop to, to to heavy metal to country music. He does a lot. It's so interesting. Um, so yeah, the Skatoon Network. And I think he posted it on Facebook. You probably find it on some other places too. Um, and he has most of his stuff on YouTube. But okay. I digress. We are going to turn this super funky, dark, evil, but funky nonetheless, track down. And we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. <laughs> bonus round. <laughs> oh, I hope I uh. saved that ammo for the last boss. 
Because <laughs> it's coming. You know, that's the only reason I never finished um, uh, Code Veronica. <laughs> you too? I got to the end and I'm like, I can't fight this thing with a knife. <laughs> All my good guns were in the other character's trunk. That <laughs> was totally done. Anyway, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And this week we have a bonus round track from The Last Weekend. This is Nemesis's his theme <laughs> nemesi yeah nemesis um <laughs> from resident evil 3 remake composed by kota suzuki and asuka kato All right, well, oh, we're back. Uh, we are listening to a track from, uh, a pick from The Last Weekend. This is the Nemesis's theme from Resident Evil 3, the remake that came out on the Xbox One and PlayStation It originally came 4. on that, but the, I think this version is in the, for specifically the remake. So yeah, this the is the remake version. So, um, and it's composed by Kota Suzuki and Asusa Kato. And I know The Last Weekend just ate something incredibly spicy and is probably... In a lot of pain right now, so we're going to repeat this track one, one more time. He did the one chip challenge. <laughs> and, he um, did it with the new chip even. So he, sa- he says, "Man, you want to talk about stress-inducing? It was one of Mr. X's themes from the RE2 remake. 
I decided on this one. Why? So in the original Nemesis, uh, in the original comma, Nemesis would just come into an area and chase you down the stairs yelling, stars, stars. Um, Yeah, I remember that. Uh, In this one, he comes bursting through walls, jumping off roofs, and to make matters even worse, this darn thing will hop over you as you're running away and jump on a wall and flipping a, and like a flipping six-foot Spider-Man. What was Capcom thinking when they gave this thing all of these abilities? They were thinking they need something strong. Uh, the Nemesis already was a pain to fight before, but now he's a whole other level of BS, which is boo-stupid. Um, good luck playing this thing on Inferno mode and surviving, Purnell. I was saying boo-earns. Boo-earns. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I like that. I forgot that that was like a whole thing, that, that ne- the Nemesis in the remake was just all over the place. So that's really cool. Yeah, but honestly, I need to get back to those games. Like, I bought both of the remake games, and I was all ready to play them. And then when I finally put Resident Evil 2, I got, you know, I got I got Purnell. I got cocky and put it on, like, the hardest difficulty, <laughs> yeah. where even the jerks in the gas station can kill you, like, four times over. So, yeah. as you can probably guess, I moved on to something else. Well, back back um, during simpler times, I think it was, like, January, February, we were playing the, the second one second uh, Resident Evil 2 remake at your house. Maybe that's what that was. Yeah. But guess what it was? Like I put it on, we, I was playing there and I put it on hard and we were like just barely getting out of the gas station at the beginning of the game. <laughs> I know. You were like, Rob, aim the gun. Rob, aim the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta run, Rob! Run, Rob! So bad. And honestly, that's what I liked. Like, just run! Run! Yeah. That, that, that was one we, that's, that's one we need to figure out a way to, to stream together because it's just, we don't need two players. We just need one person playing and the other person just running commentary. <laughs> oh, I, I'm all for that. Like, okay, now, first of all, Rob, <laughs> there's a whole door over. There's an entire room of power-ups. Why you're avoiding it, I have no freaking oh, clue. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, but that's something I want to figure out this year. All right, so um, our next track, Purnell, um, I don't have anything written down. I think because this came in through an email or through other channels, right? Exactly. So this is an odd choice, but I wanted to pick it for this episode because I think it's rather thematic. And it was a rather sudden situation. So what happened was um, I do reviews for the SML podcast. And the host is a friend of mine who also happens to have a lot of social contacts and communique just from, you know, interacting with folks over the years. So he was actually able to recently put me in touch with a group called Scarlet Moon Records, which is a music, well, music composition company for video games that includes such folks as Vert, Jake Kaufman, or Dale North. And... I'm also reviewing a game next week called Raise the Dead, which has music composed by these guys. And I was able to get a cut from that game to play on the show. Mm-hmm. And my hope, fingers crossed, that means that we may eventually end up being able to do an interview with Vert or Dale North on the show soon, which would be freaking great um, because I think those guys are both really awesome. And I think it would be awesome to chat with them on our show. Um, but for now, I figured it'd be good just to play the track itself. So. This track comes from the game Raise the Dead on the PlayStation 4, and it is called Party at the Graveyard, composed by Jake Kaufman.
I'm so glad. That's my first time hearing this track. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Look, it's so honestly for me. If I hadn't, if I didn't already have the game, but I heard the track, I'd probably be like I should look into this game. I need to see if it's good. Um, this track was called "Party at the Graveyard" from the game "Raise the Dead" on the PlayStation Four, composed by Jake Kaufman, and submitted to us through Scarlet Moon Records, thanks to help from SML Podcast. This track, oh, freaking God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, like, and the best part about it is, like, it's one of those tracks where it just progressively gets better as it goes. I like, know, I know. It starts, like, if you, let's say for them, you listen, like, the first 30 seconds, and you're like, okay, I'm done. You're like, okay, it was a good track, but it needs more energy. It needs something more to it. Then you get past that 30 seconds, like, hmm, okay, like, Walking in the club now, I'm at the door, the bouncer's checking my checking me for for a weapon and for you know making sure I should be I'm allowed to get in. I'm old enough. And you walk to the door, and the music is a little louder. Okay, you get past, you know, you put this thing down, and you're like, okay, okay, they took my coat. I can walk through the door. You open the doors, and boom, the noise happens. Everyone's dancing, drinking, zombies drinking brain juice. You know, the D the DJ's undead, and he's spinning all night. You know. It's a great time. That dance part you, is, is like the fun. Like I love the the second half of the track. I love the way it turns into like this heavy, heavy guitar, double time drums. Sounds like a boss track. But that that dance that dance bit, the funk dance section is too good. It's too good. That's so good. Uh, um, honestly, is this game out I, yet or no? I think it comes out next week, mm-hmm. unless it came out on Tuesday. But otherwise, it should come out next week. All right. And um, it I'm I'm looking for. Like I said, I'll I'll like I said, I'll, I'll be reviewing it on the on SML next week. So I'll be able to talk about yeah. it then, as far as like any dialogue. So for next but, week, I want I want to hear about it next week. Well, um, um, we'll definitely have links to this uh, game where you can find it on our website and on all of our social media. But if you want more information about these composers. Um, in the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can go out and buy these, buy this music and, and support all these amazing artists. All right, thanks everybody for joining us on episode 25-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is the horror episode for our Patreon live stream. I think we're going to call it Your Horror. What, how's that sound? I actually like the idea of Satan wants your turbo duo. <laughs> Satan wants your turbo. The devil wants your turbo duo. It's so good. It's so appropriate. But then we, I mean, because honestly, it's, it's, um, we've done multiple instances of like, you know, like crazy themed episode titles where they don't necessarily mention Patreon, but it's just straight up. This is a weird title. That has to be a Patreon episode. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we have a few. We do have a few like that where I was sort of playing around. Maybe yeah, in the past we've gone back to some normal um, uh, topics and titles and things like that. That sort of I honest, best describe year, the show. Last year, you know, last year's episode actually showed up on my memory today. It was called "It Came from Inside the Podcast." Oh yeah, and then. Of course, there was that string of episodes where we were, called, we were always using alliteration like Patreon Pizza Party and Patreon Pasta Pizzuli and <laughs> Patreon Party Palace. <laughs> Patreon Party Palace. We got to bring back the Party Palace, honestly. 
Um, <laughs> but that was that was a lot of fun. So a big thank you to everyone who submitted tracks for this uh, week's episode. Um, and if you would like to submit tracks for our next month's Patreon uh, episode, or if you just want to say hello, the best way to do that is over email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, you don't have to be a Patreon member to submit tracks. We'll take them from just anyone who listens to the show and enjoys it. Um, it's always uh, great just to have more stuff on the show. And, and for more information about the show, a full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com um, And we, I know we've had some issues with uh, some episodes on Spotify in the past. I've made some, uh, some corrections to our feed and to our file hosting. So going forward, that's not a case. And going forward, a lot of those past episodes that have been missing on Spotify specifically are coming back. So just to let you know about that. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pix- Pixels, all one word usually. You can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, all of our episodes are posted there with little uh, chapter um, uh, little chapter buttons that you can click if you want to skip to specific songs or parts of the show. And there's also a 24-7 music stream playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. Um, And if you actually have any music suggestions or more game suggestions you'd like to hear more of on that radio stream, send us an email. That's always good, too. Um, Because otherwise, I'm just going through what I like and what Purnell likes and then also random stuff and throwing it on there. But it's all curated. There's no, like, random, like, two-minute long, like, tracks of sound effects. It's all... Curated the Silent music. Hill dog theme is not playing. No. Um, although I, th- I believe the entire Solstice theme is on there, for, uh, which is like an eight-minute-long opening theme on the NES, which I know you love. <laughs> I um, love that damn track. Yeah, and if you'd like to uh, support the show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. We have some cool Rhythm and Pixels branded T-shirts and with some fun designs on them. You can check that out. And you can also go to Patreon, patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, and there, at any um, any donation, you get access to a weekly prequel episode of me and Pernell just kind of hanging out, talking about some real stuff before we get into some uh, less less real stuff. No, it's always we get real, wavy gravy about it. Stuff quality quality overflow from from the podcast. Me and Pernell kind of catching up, which is which we need to do a lot more of um, now that we don't, sure. we don't see each other in person as frequently. Um, you get access to that and you get access to a monthly live stream recorded episode, which will be this one, which, which gets released, but you get to hang out with us as we record it and deal with me trying to figure out the audio routing for 10 minutes before the show starts. And me eating spicy foods. Yeah. In this case, freaking uh, eating now? The, that spicy chicken ramen sauce oh. on pizza bites for dinner because after today's crappy day, I wanted some junk food. Get some of that junk food in you. Oh, also, I should have mentioned the freaking weight vest. That can be something I wear on one of these episodes, too, to see how well oh. I hand, handle wearing a weighted vest on the, on the you show. You have to, like, stand the whole time with wearing a weighted vest. Um, oh, also, uh, for um, as your donation of the show, we like to give you a shout-out at the end of every episode. And we also, at the highest donations, you can um, have your own uh, message, either read by me and Purnell or read by yourself on the radio stream in rotation every 10 to 20 songs. So if you have something you want to say, if you have something you want to promote, even if you just want to say, hey, this is me and I like the show, that would be really cool to have on the radio station. So that's that's out there on Patreon. But we'd like to thank our Patreon members, uh, Frankly Zappa, That Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Matt's Hunkfist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, 
Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhard Selkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Lauten, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Uh, you know, we are always thinking about you and uh, we wish the best for you during this crazy time. And Brian Pitt, we also think about you a lot and we wish the best for you during this crazy time because yeah, he's stateside. So he's, he's dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with out here. Oh yeah. Um, so it, it's a lot. So all, all fingers of, crossed. Fingers crossed. We're going to hold together. So, um, anyway, thank you all very much for your continued support of our little program and, you know, seeing your names every week encourages us just to keep doing more and keep doing better and keep adding more fun stuff to the show. Um, just being plain goofy, plain, plain goofy, goofy. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I've got. And um, don't forget to check out Purnell on the SML podcast. That's a weekly show, right? Well, you do two episodes a week, but I'm usually on there once a week. Usually yeah, don't Wednesday listen to those weeks. other ones. Only listen to the ones with Purnell. Hey, hey, you. But <laughs> then, uh, honestly, yeah, but but definitely listen to the ones with more. And check them out on the the Blown Cartridges podcast. That's also really cool. Actually, related to this, all right, at least most recent episode, we talked about Silent Hill, which was oh. an interesting, interesting chat. Um, interesting. Um, oh, and I've been playing some more Persona 5. Good! Not it's a about lot. time. Not Stick it out. I'm into it. I'm, I'm having fun. I, I really, I'm into it. It's it's pretty gripping, so I'm, I'm, I it's, like it. I gotta tell you, it's vindicating. It's very vindicating. <laughs> hey, Rob, play this game. <laughs> now, you know, Pernell, this is a good game. I I'm, I'm not, I never denied that it wasn't going to be good. I knew it was going to be good. I just needed to sit down and actually do it. So I'm actually doing it now. Um, but not now. Right now we're recording a show. But anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to our show. Thank you to everyone who supports the show for continuing to support our show. Um, at any donation level, anything that you do, it's it's really appreciated. Me and Pernell both really appreciate I know I appreciate it. I can't speak for Pernell. Pernell? I, I guess I do. Oh, who am I kidding? I very much appreciate Pernell it. Pernell reluctantly agrees. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Honestly, it's a it's like just a wonderful community. Mm-hmm. It an uplifting community to be perfectly blunt. Mm-hmm. Um so with that in mind, thank you for being actually this may well be the friggin' end remember, but whatever. We'll get to that when we get to All it. Alright, how about we do that? Thank you. Thanks yeah. for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a safe week. And remember, the horror, <laughs> especially if you're living in the States, is kinda real. Though it's actually kind of a bit of a horror worldwide, too, and it's, every country has their own blight right now. Um, and given the nature of that blight, it may be easy to fall into a state of despair or even just, yeah, screw it, despair, just straight up despair and hopelessness. Um, honestly, I've, I've been a part of that myself a few times here and there. It's a natural feeling to have when you feel overwhelmed with frustrating issues and situations. However, it's worth keeping in mind and noting that... You are a person that... Why I gotta be the soul face? Ah! Um, it's worth keeping in mind that you are still who you are. And by being who you are, you have the means to positively influence those around you and help keep their spirits up in times where otherwise they might be feeling a little less or lower on the total pole from themselves. So try your best to be upbeat. And if, you don't, if you're not upbeat, just be... Try to be present. Put it that way. Try to be present for yourself and be present for those around you. Because that stuff's infectious, just as hate's infectious and spreads. So is positivity, kindness, and mindfulness. 
you put that out there to other people, they will latch onto this, because I'll be blunt. It's a damn drug. <laughs> if you're feeling blue and someone nearby is feeling good, you want to be near the good. You want to be a part of the good. And naturally, it has a way of rubbing off on you and making you feel good, too. And then other people can latch onto you, and so on and so forth. It becomes a chain of happiness and a chain of perseverance. We need to work together to deal with the BS, because if we let, it start, if we let ourselves fall to it, then it will still be there. The light will be the thing that just disappears. We can't have that. Screw it. I ain't got time for that. Neither do you. So, I'm done rambling. Eat Cocoa Puffs. Fruit Brute's the best monster cereal. And uh, that's about all there is to that. Fruit Brute. Damn right. Fruit Brute, baby. Um, so, there were monster cereals. Count Chocula. 